Officials with the Scarborough Health Network, they say they've had a data breach in which people's data, patient data, has been compromised. Charles Finlay is a cybersecurity expert with the Toronto Metropolitan University and joins us now for more on this. Charles, good afternoon. Nice to have you back with us on the show. Good to be with you, Jeff. Uh, what do we know about this uh, latest breach of the Scarborough Health Network? Do we know just how many patients' uh, data has been compromised? We don't. We know that there was a uh, a data breach that was detected on uh, January 25th uh, of this year, and we know that uh, uh, Scarborough Health Network, uh, according to its own reporting, took you know took immediate steps, uh, locked out the uh, the intruder from their network uh, by February 1st. Uh, we know that the uh, the data that was potentially uh, accessed uh, in this breach is is quite extensive. It includes patient ID numbers, patient names, uh, procedure descriptions, uh, orders, results, physician names, uh, diagnosis information, lab reports, and results. So quite an extensive potential uh, breach uh, of information. Uh, but that's really all we know. At the moment, we don't know the number of patients uh, that were impacted, and it doesn't appear that uh, the network, the Scarborough Health Network, has the names or identities of the particular patients uh, who are impacted. Well, I was going to ask, what is the biggest threat to those patients that have been impacted uh, here? When you talk about some of this uh, data, I mean, email addresses, uh, OHIP numbers, insurance policy numbers, uh, a lot of this pretty uh, sensitive stuff is the biggest threat there. Something about, you know, you could have your accounts infiltrated, uh, ID theft, uh, that sort of thing? Yes, I think the, the uh, most significant threat is uh, the fraudulent misuse of this information, uh, you know, by these malicious actors uh, uh, to, uh, to basically monetize that through the creation of uh, fraudulent accounts, uh, through fraudulent uh, spending, through, you know, uh, fraudulent orders against uh, OHIP numbers. Uh, so, you know, with this sensitive information, there's a, you know, a variety of, of fraudulent activities uh, that can be undertaken. Now, uh, Scarborough Health Network, uh, to its credit, has made, uh, um, has made credit reporting uh, available to uh, all of its uh, users, as I understand it, from its uh, webpage talking about this. So they they have made resources available to potentially impacted uh, individuals who can have access to uh, to credit reporting uh, to detect fraud. But you know, it's a significant it's a significant breach, and it obviously exposes uh, these patients to risk. Sure. And having said that, again, this happened between January twenty fifth and February first. We hear uh, why are we only hearing about it now here on May twenty sixth? So that's a good question, and I don't have an answer to that question. And it's it's not immediately obvious from the information that the network uh, has, uh, uh, you know, has put out uh, about the timeline here. January 25th was when the breach was detected. February 1st was when uh, it looks like the remediation activity happened, and the and the the breach was, you know, effectively closed. Subsequent to that. Point, there's obviously been an internal investigation and reporting made to the appropriate authorities, but it's uh, it's obvious that that you know was four months ago, uh, and you know that's a question uh, really for the network. 
Sure. Uh, what does this uh, tell us, uh, Charles, about uh, how sophisticated these uh, cyber thieves, these cyber criminals were that targeted Scarborough Health uh, Network if it, uh, it was detected on the 25th and it uh, took them pretty much a week to shut them down? Well, you know, and, and Jeff, as you, you and I have spoken uh, about before, these cybersecurity attacks are getting more and more sophisticated. Attacks on uh, public infrastructure, including uh, healthcare. Uh, networks and hospitals uh, are uh, increasing uh, in prevalence. We've seen that over the course of uh, the pandemic. Uh, healthcare institutions are, uh, are vulnerable targets for cybersecurity uh, attacks of different kinds. Now, we don't know if this attack was a ransomware uh, attack. Uh, we don't have information on that. So we're not quite clear on, on some elements of this. But this is certainly uh, the latest in a, uh, you know, a relatively long line of attacks against uh, healthcare institutions and uh, uh, healthcare networks. You know, obviously the most serious one in Canada was the attack against the Newfoundland and Labrador healthcare system, which actually caused, uh, you know, serious damage to that system for some time. Uh, but these attacks have been growing globally, and it's a it's a significant problem. This was not the first attack of its kind, and unfortunately, it won't be the last. Yeah, I just got about 20 seconds, but do we know who's responsible? Will we ever know who's responsible for this attack? It doesn't appear that we know now, or if we do, that information is not public. Uh, we might know. It's clear that Scarborough Health Network, to its credit, is taking this situation very, very seriously. They've obviously engaged uh, third parties to know what they're doing in terms of uh, being able to mitigate this. So they may be able to uh, to know uh, what's happening here. What's important for all of us to understand is that, you know, our healthcare system needs to be protected, and that's going to take uh, investments and uh, action on the part of everybody, the, the governments at all levels mm-hmm. uh, and healthcare institutions of all kinds. All right. Got to leave it there. Charles, really appreciate your time, your insight as always. Thanks so much for this. Happy to, ha- happy to chat, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Be well. Charles Finlay is with Toronto Metropolitan University, and we're back after this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.